0: It's not a product, it's a technology.
1: It's an education challenge. A regenerative suspension.
0: There will be a growing demand for industrial photovoltaics. Time Innovation in the financing space. The high-speed train is in all our interests. All political lines. Australia is a solar paradise. The market is
2: moving much faster than that. You've got something that's transformational. Solar window in a can.
0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Beyond Zero Show. We're coming to you from the studios of 3CR Melbourne, syndicated around Australia on the community radio network and podcast on the internet at bze.org.au and 3cr.org.au. My name is Natalie Bucknell and I'm joined today by my co-host Kay. Hello, how are you listeners? And we also we've hamstrung Mike today, and he's without a microphone. So if you hear, <laughs> if you hear a blurred hi in the background, that's Mike. And he's our obligatory male today. That's he? right, and uh, and he's also very ably doing the panel for us. So corporate renewable power purchase agreements, or PPAs, as they're affectionately known, are all the rage in the ongoing conversations about the transition to renewable energy. They're long-term contracts between generators and large energy consumers, agreeing supply and pricing of energy. Corporate renewable PPAs form a key plank in bringing renewable energy certainty to industry and therefore feature in the next exciting chapter of BZE's brilliant serial story of a zero-carbon Australia. Today we're joined by BZE's CEO, Vanessa Petrie, who will give us a preview of this next instalment. We also have Liz Fletcher in the studio. She's the marketing manager of Flow Power to tell us about corporate renewable PPAs. Hi, Liz and Vanessa. Thanks for joining us. Hello. How are you? Hi. So let's start with hearing from Vanessa about the latest research from BZE. Her new
2: report titled Electrifying Industry really sets out how the manufacturing sector can move over to electrical heating technologies and power that with renewable energy. What we found is it's, it's possible to run every single manufacturing heat process with an electrical technology. Everything. 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 Every I mean, one. there is, there is no process that can't be delivered with electrical technologies. Um, it's an incredibly exciting finding and, we did this report. We wanted to focus on electrical technologies because many people have said that electrifying the entire economy, you know, including beyond zero emissions, um, Dr. Alan Finkel, is the answer, but it was surprisingly under researched. So we chose, um, that was one of the reasons. Also, electrical technologies are flexible, they're scalable for businesses to use and deploy, and you, you need to be able to plug into the wall to
1: use them. And so is this the only report in the world of this nature? Um, Are there other countries that have looked into this? There are. So these
2: technologies are being used in Europe and in Asia, but what we found in Australia is there is next to no uptake of these technologies. And, in fact, that's one of um, our biggest concerns um, coming out of our findings because Australia has limitless amount of renewable energy that we can produce, we know that renewable wholesale renewable at the moment is competitive with gas, and we know that renewables are going down. The price of them, gas price. won't. So there's a real competitive advantage to electrify and um, power up our industries with, with renewables. But the use, um, the knowledge, and the learning, and even buying these technologies in Australia at the moment, it's at a it's really at, at the very beginning with electrical technologies and. We really need to scale up very fast because they're just such a massive opportunity. In a sense, we can almost have a vision for really growing and almost reindustrializing parts of Australia because we've got a really skilled workforce as well
0: and and a great energy resource to a, back it up.
2: A great energy resource and thinking about what manufacturing means to Australia. Um, you know, I think the common a common narrative can be manufacturing is contracting. It's you know not really a, as big as what it was um, for our economy, but in actual fact, manufacturing is a really vital core of the Australian economy. It provides products that we need. It provides direct jobs, but there are also many um, other service industries and sectors that exist. Um, Around the manufacturing core of our economy, it's an incredibly important and
0: vital part of um, having a really robust economy. And so, so, so when can manufacturers and policymakers get their hands on this information? That yeah. Oh, excellent
2: question. I'm not very good on product placement, am I? We are launching this report on the 13th of September not very long away in a month's time and we're doing it at a summit that we are hosting also called electrifying industry and the purpose of the summit is to really bring together people and have a, open up a constructive conversation around how renewables can really power Australia's industry. Fantastic and, and an
1: amazing venue as well, isn't
2: it? Well, yes, it's every nerd girl's dream to host a summit at the Australian Synchrotron, which is, of course, what we're doing. So that is quite exciting as well. Fantastic! And for people elsewhere in Australia, it will be available online at the, around the same time. Um, nationally, it'll be it'll be online, um, and we are also going to at this stage we'll be doing a, a bre- industry breakfast event in Newcastle in November, Wonderful. probably something in Brisbane and Gladstone this year, and um, Sydney early next year.
0: Fantastic. So, look as is often the case, these kinds of transitions are you know not just about the technical know how, but it's also about the commercial structures to enable. better access to electricity for this electrification and things like that. So Flow Power, where Liz is from, is an energy retailer that facilitates PPAs for businesses. So Liz, can you tell us a bit more about Flow Power, please?
3: Yeah, so Flow Power is a licensed electricity retailer, but unlike most retailers we are very much committed to getting our customers access to all the tools that a normal retailer would use to set your fixed rate. So one of the key things to note though is we only work with businesses who use over 160 megawatt hours of power a year. It's about the equivalent of about $50,000 a year. So one of the key things which we've started doing and in fact we have now announced uh, another tranche of capacity out of a Queensland wind farm, is offering corporate PPAs to businesses. So corporate PPAs have been in existence around the world for many, many years. Um, In fact, almost all of Las Vegas is powered by a corporate PPA. But Australia is finally catching up, but the momentum is building.
0: Right, and this is something that that BZE have raised in their electrifying industry report, isn't it, Vanessa, the use of PPAs, copper PPAs?
2: Yes, because it's an opportunity for manufacturers to take back control of their energy. Um, previously, when gas in Victoria was extremely cheap, um, you know, it drove a lot of the heating equipment. It's not particularly efficient. In fact, we have some of the poorest efficiency rates in manufacturing in the world. So moving to um, electrical technologies and moving to corporate PPAs is an opportunity to really benefit from wholesale prices, particularly renewable. And I think um, a really important aspect of PPAs is is the ability to form a purchasing group because many um, Australian manufacturers are a small to medium enterprise. And so really no no one needs to get left out of this amazing
1: opportunity. So does that mean that finance managers have to have more of a skill set in that area? So one of the trends we're seeing
3: is this discussion about energy procurement, leaving the procurement team and going to a financial decision. So um, it's going on the same level as a rental agreement or other longer-term strategic inputs for a business, which the reality is for most manufacturers in particular, electricity is a
0: large purchasing choice for them, so it probably should be. So for businesses, so they're going from, what, a two- or three-year energy fixed energy contract to what's the...? Up to a 10-year deal. Right. So basically
3: that means they are contracting a portion of the output of a plant, whether it be wind, solar or whatever other technologies we can come up with, for a fixed period of time at a fixed price. So that means if the wind farm's generating and they've, purchased 1% for example of the output of that farm they will be have access to 1% of the output at any given time at that rate.
1: So um, you've produced a report called Best of Both Worlds and in it you've got um, three sections where corporations can save power. The first one is going from retail to wholesale, the second one is engaging in a PPA and the third is demand management. Can you firstly explain to us how it works going from retail to wholesale?
3: Yep. So behind all of our electricity prices is a spot market. So in the spot market... The price fluctuates every half hour based on supply and demand. So I looked at it this morning. It was at about $0.09 a kilowatt hour here in Victoria at about 8 o'clock this morning. So
0: when you say wholesale, you're saying that's not including network charges and retail charges? That's just... Very good point. Yes, just the energy component of the bill. Um,
3: so what happens with the fixed rate offer is they, the retailers are actually estimating and forecasting what they think the market's going to do in conjunction with a series of financial derivatives and contracts with generators. So they are mixing up all of that to get a price that makes sure that they are covered and that they can supply your power. What we do is with our business customers is we aim to give them the purest solution so that they know what they're paying for and they have the best control. That means that if you think about it in the same way you're fixed – interest rates versus variable you're not paying for that risk premium that the market could go up
0: right so and if you're tr- getting a fixed price then you, you're paying that premium for you, for you to eliminate the risk from the situation exactly
1: and generally you make more money doing that.
0: So the
3: user on average will the spot market will outperform the fixed rate market by between five and ten percent over the years.
0: Okay, so going to a corporate, uh, going to a wholesale price, then you are taking on more of that risk yourself, um, but you potentially paying less overall for your energy. The reality is that we're all paying
3: that price at the end. It's just there's a series of insurance and derivatives and those kinds of things sitting over the top of it that gets to that end point.
1: And can anybody do that?
3: So the reality is that any retailer can offer this model. And many of them do, they just don't focus on this.
1: But as a, say, even a a residential.
3: So there's a new retailer that's just opened up in Sydney, Amber Electric, that's offering this model through to residential consumers. And I think what we'll start seeing is more and more retailers starting to offer it.
0: Okay, so returning to corporate PPAs, I mean, they're they're not just an Australian development, Um, the renew economy reported recently that Bloomberg New Energy Finance in early August revealed that globally corporate procurement levels have shot through the proverbial roof with 7.2 gigawatts worth of clean energy purchased by corporations so far in 2018, which is smashing what was already a record year in 2017, already by the mid-year point. So, you know, this is massive growth. But closer to home, there's been recent press about large organisations such as Telstra taking up PPAs, and the Melbourne Renewable Energy Project has got a lot of coverage as well. That's a consortium of organisations. So does Flow Power sort of take the place of that kind of consortium?
3: In theory, yes. So what we do, for example, the announcements come out recently with Lakeland Wind Farm up in Cooktown, is we will... Agree to an offtake of a size, so that one's 50 megawatts, and then we will work with businesses to connect them to that output. So, for example, we have about eight businesses signed up to Ararat Wind Farm. And then we're looking for more businesses and talking to people for Kiamel, which is up in Mildura.
0: Okay, so it's acting as an aggregator to give smaller businesses access to the, to that structure. Yeah,
3: so um, as Vanessa was saying, the, a lot of manufacturing businesses, they don't have the procurement teams or legal teams to go through this process as an individual. This enables people like Anchor, who are in the report that we we're just talking about, to um, get involved.
0: So Vanessa... I'm throwing it back to you, what, what role can corporate P- renewable PPAs play in our transition to renewable energy?
2: Well, at the end of the day, it's the market that will shape the economy and, and it is the market that's pushing renewables forward um, in a really big way. So one thing we highlight in our upcoming report is a lot of the the talk and the, the noise, the, the hugeness around the NEG, um is somewhat overshadowing a fundamental thing that is happening, and that is that renewables are off very competitive with coal and gas and they are going to be the cheapest form of energy. And it's now a financial... uh, It makes financial sense for businesses to purchase renewables. So the economics, the market is driving um, a lot of the transition and we absolutely need policy certainty to accelerate the transition. We all know we need the transition to happen sooner rather than later but PPAs and corporate purchasing is actually driving renewables um, and growing them, and it's incredibly exciting to see.
1: If you've just tuned in, we're talking to Liz Fletcher from Flow Power and Vanessa Petrie from Beyond Zero Emissions about initiatives for reducing emissions in industry and corporate renewable power purchase agreements. Now, Vanessa, how do generators view PPAs? I think that's a question for Liz, So they love them would be the the
3: perfect way to describe it. So you're not
1: biased, though. No, but
3: the reality (laughs) is is for a generator to get funding to build, they need to be able to prove to whoever's lending the money that someone will buy the power. So if you think about it like developing an apartment block or something like that, you have to have a certain amount of it sold before you can start building. It's the same idea. So... Mm. It's a win-win deal in that the businesses get a fixed rate and some certainty and a cut price rate for a period of time and the generators, lenders get the certainty that they know exactly what they're going to earn for a certain portion of the output.
1: Fantastic. So getting on to the demand response side of it and all the savings you can make there, Flow Power combines corporate PPAs with demand response. So can you tell us what that actually means?
3: So demand response is something that is, again, very popular internationally, but in Australia we've been a little bit slow to the market. Basically the idea is a signal is passed through to a user and then they respond accordingly. So whether the power price is really low in the middle of the day because there's lots and lots of solar and so therefore they use more power, or the power price is higher later in the afternoon because there's less power in the system and so therefore they use less. Flowpower Power actually started just doing demand responses and an electricity retailer. That's what we were doing. And we have a series of technologies that we've in- invented ourselves that enable the automation of a lot of this. So what we do when we match the renewable PPAs and load flexibility or re- demand response is about, is the sun shining? Yes. Then you should pump as much water as you can at this point in time. If the sun's not shining, how about you wait until it comes up again? kind of thinking about really integrating the way renewables will sit in the power market and actually embracing the intermittency of them rather than just pummeling as much as we can into the system.
2: I just think, you know, energy transformation in industry is happening and, you know, while we're a bit behind in some aspects of it, the, you know, the, the work that leaders like Flow Power are doing, like, it's I just get so excited about
3: it. To be honest, so am I. (laughs) (laughs) You're in the right field
1: then. And the rest of the world would be looking at Australia in this area, I'd imagine.
3: So South Australia is obviously a really exciting space. Elon Musk put his big battery in there. They had a Twitter discussion and then got it in in less than 100 days. But if you look to Rocky Mountain Institute and those kinds of think tanks, they are looking at Australia to see what we can do to integrate the volume of renewables in our relatively small system.
2: And you forgot to mention another South Australia hero, Sanjeev Gupta, who can do nothing wrong. And he, with his steel, what he's doing around steel, like, and I think there was a really great article in The the Guardian a couple of months ago. And, you know, um, the essence of it was, well, we're going to do this anyway. And uh, he was considering purchasing power from coal, but then it made more financial sense to purchase it from renewables. And he said, I'm doing it. It's going to happen. Um, And it will be transformational when companies like that embrace it accelerates the learning curve it gives a lot of confidence to other manufacturers that it can be done you can do it it will work
0: and you will win so going back to the demand response just to clarify a bit more how how does that work in practice how much how much notice would a manufacturer have that they needed to implement it
3: so there's The market operator gives a series of warnings so they can run off those and that can be as much as three days' notice, as much as a week's notice, but then if something does go wrong in a really horrible way, like, for example, a generator goes offline, then that could be an immediate requirement. So under uh, the market operator's reserve energy trader writ, Program. Um, there are a series of manufacturers and other businesses and residential consumers, anyone who took part in the PowerShop program. Um, we're all there so that if something happens, they'll send us a message and we do something about it.
0: So, now, what's what sorts of steps can they take? As users? As users. As
3: users. So, for example, we have a lot of agricultural or waterboard customers. They just pump water at different times. Uh, Our manufacturer clients may, um, especially on a really hot day, they might send the shift home for the afternoon. (laughs) Um, They might just turn on part of the system. They may cycle air conditioning units. In Queensland, the network actually has air conditioning units rolled out in consumers' houses that they can cycle through and control to manage demand.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. And also there's things like chillers can um, pump energy to um, freezers or ice boxes so that they can carry through while the air conditioning is turned off.
3: Cool stores are our favourite customers. Uh So they can pre-cool in the middle of the day um, when the price is nice and low or they use up the solar that's on their roof. And then during an event, they can obviously monitoring the temperature very carefully. They can make sure all the doors are shut and let it go.
0: And similarly, heating or hot water services can act as batteries as well, can't they? It's one of the next projects we're looking at. Fantastic. So this um, report that you've put out about the study of demand response, that was supported by the uh, Institute for Sustainable Futures, the University of Technology Sydney, and also the Worldwide Fund for Nature. Why are they interested in demand response? So the
3: Institute for Sustainable Futures have a long history in demand response. Chris Dunstan, who heads up that unit, um, is very, very savvy in this space, um, which is why we actually asked them to do the modelling for us. Jonathan Prendergast, who was the lead on the paper, is very passionate about demand response. Whereas WWF, they actually lead a body called the Renewable Energy Buyers Forum, which is, I think there's about 300 corporates in that group who are focused on moving towards a more renewable future.
0: Okay. So one of the participants in that report is also presenting at the BZE Summit coming up. Is that right, Vanessa? Yes, we have Dr Chris Hegarty and
2: Math from Ankar, and also Matthew Linden from Flow Power will be joining us on a panel around PPAs and how to purchase renewable energy. So you, um, delegates will be able to hear from a manufacturer that has gone through that transition. So if people wanted to attend the mm-hmm. summit, what's the process? They need to jump online at www.electrifyingindustry.org.au and book your tickets very quickly. Tickets are starting to move. They are free, thanks to our partners, the Victorian Government through DELP, um, Methel, the Southeast Melbourne Manufacturers Alliance. So it's a wonderful opportunity to come along. Um, there are amazing speakers. We have confirmed Simon Corbell, the Victorian Renewable Energy. Advocate. We have Tenant Reed, who is the principal national advisor with the Australian Industry Group, and Adrian Bowden, who heads up the Southeast Melbourne Manufacturers Alliance. Of course, our own Michael Lord, very exciting, will be presenting on electrifying industry and we, we have a panel on electrical technologies. There's basically something in it for everyone. Um, if you're a manufacturer, you need to buy electricity. Um, come along because we wanted to create one day where you could very quickly get across what is happening and what the opportunities are so it's a
1: one-day event and what time does it start and finish
2: it starts at eight thirty, runs through to four thirty p.m thank goodness it's only one day this is this is the first for beyond zero emissions we haven't run a summit before but yet again thanks to our amazing volunteers um it's all coming together nicely and it's going to be a fantastic event
1: and there's parking available?
2: Yes, parking's available at the Synchrotron. It's a very easy venue to, to access and it's, yeah, it's a great venue. And there'll be an opportunity to look around the Synchrotron? Yes, tours at lunchtime.
1: Oh, oh yeah, exciting.
2: I'll, uh, be, I'll be discarding my duties at lunchtime for a tour,
1: <laughs> I can
0: assure you. <laughs> and um, Liz, how about this Flow Power report? Where can people access that? So it's on our website. Um,
3: if you go a Slowpower.com.au slash best of both worlds. You should be able to find it. Um, it's also up on the Institute of Sustainable Futures website and WWFs. You can download it. It's 40 pages. It's actually a really easy read in terms of understanding demand response and corporate PPAs.
0: And lots of nice pictures. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I do have to say this. I go to a lot of in- electricity industry events and the lineup for this one is – Amazing. We've
2: got the glitterati, basically, of manufacturing and renewable energy, and the like. What would we say the venue is? It's the Ritz. It's the Ritz. Yeah, it's it's amazing. What could you? What? How could you possibly not want to come?
3: (laughs) I'll be honest. Sometimes I have to convince our MD Matthew to go to different events, but when I told him it was there, it was a very simple process.
2: Yeah. Great. (laughs) Actually, there's a nice connection if I could just quickly mention it with our Rethinking Cement report. So Zeo Bond, um, based in Melbourne, which is one of the leaders in producing geopolymer cements, tested his material at the Australian Synchrotron.
1: In what capacity? What did that happen?
2: The Synchrotron tests the materials for for different properties. So as a part of developing his product and taking it to market, the Synchrotron um, was a part of that and... Uh, the Synchrotron provides really fantastic service for manufacturers too, and maybe um, some people may not be aware of that. It's an amazing facility for our manufacturing sector in Australia to use to develop up and test, get their products to market. And we have it here in Victoria. Incredible.
1: Wow. I didn't realise that was one of the things they offered. It's amazing. You need to go on a tour, Kate, at oh, lunchtime. I oh, I will. <laughs> oh, well, I'll be there. <laughs> Just um, quickly, Liz, there... If the wind's not shining, the (laughs) The wind's not blowing, the the sun's not shining, what happens to the the exposure that people have, organisations have that have got corporate PPAs?
3: So there's different ways of doing it. Um, A lot of the contracted corporate PPAs in the market, for example, Telstra's and Melbourne Uni's market, they... they have a firming element. Ours doesn't. So that's where demand response comes in. And it's so important that they can have flexibility in when they use power.
0: Okay, thanks. We could go on and on and on, but we have to wrap it up there. So thanks very much, Liz and Vanessa, for your time today. We've been speaking to Liz Fletcher from Flow Power and Vanessa Petrie from Beyond Zero Emissions. In the coming weeks, we'll be examining various aspects of the electrifying industry report and different elements of that in the lead-up to the release of BZD's great report. The Beyond Zero show is brought to you by the Climate Change Solutions Think Tank, Beyond Zero Missions, and is recorded in the studios of 3CR Melbourne and syndicated around Australia on the Community Radio Network. If you want to listen to this show or any of the others we have done, then you can go to www.bzd.org.au and click on Podcasts. If you enjoy the program and can donate to help cover airtime costs and keep us on the air, please go to the BZE website and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening and we look forward to you joining us again next week for more Electrifying Industry.
2: Beyond Zero Emissions is an internationally recognised climate solutions think tank that is focused on solutions, not problems. Become part of the solution by becoming a monthly base load supporter. Go to www.bze.org.au to find out more. bz.e.org.au